Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. Hello, so my name is Judith and I am living and working in China now for the past five years already. I arrived in September 2015 and I'm working now at Radio Beijing and Hutong School. I'm working two jobs. And today I would like to tell something more about my job at Radio Beijing. I came to China uh, mainly after my master's studies, even though during my bachelor's studies already, I went to China once to do an internship. I studied Chinese language and culture at that time in the Netherlands. And during my bachelor, like I was told that my Chinese was good and I should try out opportunities in China itself to practice my Chinese. So I did so. And during my internship, I found out quickly that my Chinese was nowhere near as good enough as it should be. So I was even more motivated to do my master's to improve my Chinese even further. After I graduated my, with my master's, I saw no real opportunities in the Netherlands that was, were really related to the language that I learned for all these years. So I decided to go back to China and just try my luck here. I came really very unprepared. I just arrived and then started looking for jobs, so to say. Yeah, I didn't really have a set plan. I started off by doing all kinds of random things from teaching to translation to, yeah, you name it, I did it, so to say. And then eventually I landed my first real job and that was in Radio Beijing, where I'm still working right now. What I'm doing at Radio Beijing is I'm a radio host And now you could say like, okay, radio, who listens to radio at this time? But honestly, four years ago, people were still quite a lot listening to uh, the radio in China. Throughout the years, this evolved to podcasts, to live streaming, to several WeChat micro programs, to like all kinds of apps. So it's not really, I call it radio because it's like, The company where I work at is called Radio Beijing, but actually it covers all kinds of media. That's basically what I do. And what I do as a host is I discuss with my co-host, I discuss world literature. And that sounds pretty boring, but from a Chinese perspective, this is quite interesting as Chinese literature is very different and literature from other countries contains all kinds of cultural elements, all kinds of sayings, expressions that for a Chinese person are pretty difficult to understand, but they would like to know what is written and what is so famous in the world. So uh, what I do is every week I pick a story that is famous, then I translate it and I rewrite some stuff. I hope the writers are agreeing with that. And I during the show, which is live, I give my viewpoint also on the, on the literature discussed. And of course I tell the story and like, explain what certain expressions mean, what certain references mean. And the, the fun part in it is that my co-host speaks Chinese and I reply to her in English, which makes the, the dialogue more interesting. All right. Hi, Judith. It's really nice to have you here on the China Flexpad podcast because I know you very well because we've worked together before in Beijing. And I know for a fact that you are a real Flexpad. You have found many jobs yourself without the help of an international big corporation. So can you tell me a little bit more, how did you end up in China and what are you doing right now? 
Okay, so how I ended up in China is uh, that after my master's, which was a master's in uh, Chinese, Chinese language and culture, I found that there were no real opportunities for me to work with the language side of China, uh, other than teaching uh, in the Netherlands itself. Plus, I found that my Chinese was actually not that good. So logically, I decided to go to China to improve my Chinese and just try my luck there. So what I did is I, I kind of quit everything in the Netherlands and I just arrived in China and started looking for jobs from China itself from the moment I landed. I, I did all kinds of stuff from translating to teaching to acting and stuff like that until I found uh, my very first job that I still work at right now, which is at Radio Beijing. And yeah, I'm working there for five years already. So five years in the job. That's really interesting. How did you get that job in radio actually? Okay, well, it's been like quite a coincidence that I landed this job. It was, uh, I was doing a job when I got asked to come for an interview. Uh, I was being, uh, because my Chinese is quite good, I was invited to be a host at an award ceremony in the bird's nest. So I was like standing there and handing out awards and like saying nice things about people who did like good things. And then someone in the audience after the ceremony came to me and said, hey, I just saw your Chinese is really good. Would you be interested in, in like doing more with your Chinese? I think I know someone who is looking for someone with a good Chinese proficiency. I'm not too sure what it is, but are you like interested to come to be connected with her? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Just give me the, the contact, right? So uh, that person, she invited me for an interview and she assumed that I knew what the interview was about. But until the moment I was doing the interview, I had no clue what the job was about because no one sent me a job description or anything. So there was quite some miscommunication uh, over there. So I was standing about a bit by myself, like, so I'm Judith, I'm from the Netherlands and I studied Chinese. And then the lady says like, so how experienced are you in media? And I did work at the newspaper in the Netherlands and I did a minor in journalism. So media has been an interest of me, but I had no experience whatsoever with like radio or hosting anything like media related. But the thoughts at the spot uh, of having such a job actually sounded quite cool. So I was like, well, I'm very passionate about uh, media and, and radio in particular. So I started bluffing a little bit. And they said, okay, sure, like, um, let's get you an addition then. And then we can see if you're a good fit for our job. So a few days later, I had to do audition. And that meant that we had a demo recording. Yeah, we, we pretended that it would be a real show. And I just tried my best in doing the show as good as I could. And well, I got accepted in that job. So yeah, it's not really the, the conventional way of landing a job in radio necessarily, but it is very like illustrative of how things are going here in China. Like it, finding a job here goes usually through personal connections. All right. So we are doing this episode today because we want to help people who have media experience or studied anything media related, and we want to help them to get a job in China. So from your experience and your current point of view, how does the landscape of English language radio or media looks like in China? Well, it's growing. It's really booming more and more since uh, the coming of uh, well, WeChat and several apps that are used right now. I've seen it 
from the moment that it was only radio and by now nobody actually listens to radio anymore right so nowadays people are very into podcasting using certain apps using uh, certain wechat micro pro programs so that like alone has like tremendously impacted the the landscape of english language or english media already in china now anything english in china has always had a very educational function so it always has been yeah with the theme of showing english culture or like english culture sounds really weird a foreign culture or anything non-chinese to the chinese audience be it cultural things like books or films or celebrities etc or news of course how it looks like right now is that it's a very big mix in the sense of nationalities i know some people work at cctv that is the very big chinese media company who are from russia who are from the united arab emirates but also from africa and from india from literally from all kinds of countries where yeah the native language is not necessarily english that's a change because at the beginning when i started this job all my colleagues were native speakers and now i i work with all kinds of nationalities so to say so that's a that's one big change and i think it's also a good change now that it's more it shows that the the media landscape in china as for like foreigners uh, yeah about english language has gotten uh, definitely more diverse and more yeah more international so to say there's more openness there's more yeah, there's more entertainment to it also than uh, just education. So, I mean, learning new things is, of course, very entertaining, but people also just want to be like, want to listen to something funny or want to listen to something like, yeah, a nice story instead of just really like learning English all the time. So that's definitely like how it looks like right now. It's like, actually a bit similar than, than in other parts of the world, more and more. I think that's great because as it is not required to be a native speaker, I think this opens up many opportunities mm -hmm. for non-native non English speakers from around the world. And they mm -hmm. can come to China to find a nice job. What would you recommend? How can these people find jobs in the media sector right now? Okay, well, in the media sector in China, yeah, you need two things. You need, first of all, a good level of Chinese, which is yeah, kind of common sense, of course. But um, without a good level of Chinese, it's, it's hard to land a job. It's, uh, it's very often a requirement to have at least, at least HSK 5, if not higher for a job, say, at CCTV or uh, at another like, media company that is quite big. For my job, it was required to have at least HSK 5, for example. That is not to say that you would be required to speak Chinese uh, in media but you would have to be able to at least understand it to a certain degree because, I mean, media is very interactive, right? What nowadays is very much a key in becoming a popular host or becoming good in your job is your degree of interaction with the audience as well. So, and the audience is like Chinese speaking. So if you, if you cannot really communicate with them, that's a problem. The second thing is, of course, cultural knowledge. You yeah, you have to realize that you're living in a country that has a political system that is not necessarily the same as your country's. So you would have to know what to say and what not to say. 
but also that is kind of common sense, right? I mean, for jobs in your own country in the media, you also are bound by those kind of uh, rules. What is like aside these two, what the main essential thing is, though, is that you are not afraid to show your personality in your job a lot because that's something that social media has changed a lot here in China. I mean, everywhere in the world, I think, but particularly in China, because it used to be very, yeah, the the characters that were like shown in the media, especially like for jobs, say radio host or say, um, yeah, a news reporter or something like that. They were all kind of flat uniform people. Like they just did their dialogue. They did the scripts, what they were, they, they studied for. And, that's it. They, there was no personality to it. Now, it's it's all about personality and showing who you are and telling about like your life and and just showing some showing who you are on to a bigger audience is very very crucial. Make them like you basically. So because I mean everything now is interactive. Everything now has a camera on you. We for what I do, for example, we are live streaming and. During the live streaming, our listeners can comment and like ask questions and stuff in the chat box. So you would have to be able to multitask those things a lot. Like on one side, do your job as a presenter or as a host or as translator on the spot or anything. On the other side, you you have to have the people skills needed to make them like you and yeah, be entertaining, so to say. I get it. I get it. And how to actually find the jobs? I mean... Are these jobs posted on job websites or would you go to the website of the radio station or are there any networking events that people could go to to speak to the right people? I think it's funny that people abroad outside China, their first idea of where to find job vacancies in this field also is, of course, online. But in China, that doesn't work really that well. There are some companies now, for example, that are pretty big, but they don't even have a website anymore because it's kind of outdated. What is now, yeah, how to find a job in this this sector is really through connecting with other people who are already working in that sector. Um, like, for example, people here, they organize like a lot of networking events, of course, um, but also through your personal connections, you can meet people who are working already in the media field and yeah, they can help you get that. Like it's, it's very much like a friend of a friend's culture, so to say. And of course, you would, ha- you would have to have the, the essential skills. But if you know someone who's already working at the radio, but you have no experience yourself, and then someone else applies who doesn't know anyone working at the radio and has like experience, then you still would get chosen because you know someone in there. That is definitely how it works here. On the other hand, also like it's important to know your WeChat skills because on WeChat, uh, many things are posted every day from like all kinds of vacancies, all kinds of like activities that you can do to land a job. So those two things are the main places to find a job in this field. On one side, uh, social media, on the other side, personal connections. All right. So you mentioned already uh, some necessary skills like language skills, or you need to be Mm. entertaining and engaging with your audience. You need to show your personality. Are there also any technical skills that people should have? Like you should be very good in pronunciation or you should have a 
background of how to build a, a podcast or how to build a radio show. All the skills that you mentioned are very good and useful and I, I wish I had them before I started. That's uh, something I'm still learning. But the necessary skills are, of course, that you can have bring something unique to the table. Like, for example, my uniqueness is that I can write pretty well and I am pretty good with with selecting stories that are engaging, with uh, translating, of course, but also with simplifying sentences from, like, I mean, literature can be quite difficult, right? Like long sentences, many different words, and how to make that into a comprehensible, a comprehensive sentence from like five words, so, so to say. So I'm pretty good at that. Uh, that's like my special skill. So I would say, you don't necessarily have to have media related skills, but you would have to have something unique that can be useful in your job in the media. So let it be writing, let it be you're a very creative person, you can uh, think of new ideas, uh, let it be like language, you might be really good at translating, um, you might be really good at entertaining the audience, which is also not something that people can do. So it really depends on, on what kind of job you want, of course, as, as well. Like, I mean, I'm, if you want to have a job as a translator, you better be good at translation, right? But yeah, the necessary skill, number one skill is definitely be unique and be original. That is, that is what definitely counts. I know it sounds quite vague and, and abstract, but you can think of it like this, like be original in the sense that, yes, you are very good with social media. You, you have a unique approach on stuff like Instagram or Chinese social media that gives you like certain yeah status already or you you are very good at thinking of new ideas to to revamp the whole program or you're very good at uh, writing content which is not something that everyone can do uh, let be in your language or in the English language or in Chinese you know so everyone has their own thing and with that, you can get quite far in the media in, in China. I understand. So after working in this in radio for quite some years now, from your point of view, what are the good parts and the bad parts of this job? And can you give us some details and insider information? Okay, well, good parts and bad parts. What I I will start with bad parts, then we end this this part with with good things. Um, the bad part is that there's actually also the good part of it is that it's flexible. So you, if you get asked to work in the weekend, then that's okay from the employer's perspective. Well, in in Europe, I don't know about German necessarily, Patrick, but in the Netherlands, it's quite not done to to ask your employee like can you send me this over the weekend or can you do this for real quick or do you have time tomorrow to meet or anything you know so it's very very flexible and um, that can also mean sometimes that in the times that you were planning to have some rest you get asked to do something so that is something that I yeah that I find sometimes pretty annoying the other bad part so to say is that there is little time for real preparation because you deal with a very fast changing media landscape what is popular uh, last week that cannot be discussed this week what the readers or, or viewers like a few months ago that is totally not done this month ago so you have to be very on top 
of things all the time, which can be experienced as stressful for some people. With on top of things, I, it depends on which area you are working at. But for example, if you are a news anchor, you have to know the latest de developments like all the time because it can be very last minute asks of you to change your whole repertoire, for example. But if like you're doing like me, for example, like I present foreign literature, I have to be new and innovative every week. Otherwise, uh, people get bored, right? And we lose viewers. So that is, yeah, that is for me also quite, it's interesting, but it also, it can be quite tiring. Um, then the good parts is, well, it's flexible. So you can do many uh, things at the same time uh, on the side. And yeah, you can plan your your own time quite well so that's that's a really a nice thing to have another good side of it is of course that it, there's a lot of room for creativity and on input so it really feels like whenever you make a media product you really get the feeling it's your baby and feels very good right if you have your own project and it's presented to everyone you, you kind of get a kick out of that at least i do also what also is good is your skills will improve very much because uh, you have to you know like in my first shows oh she my co-host spoke so fast for example i had no clue what she was saying so that those first few episodes like still feel kind of embarrassed for those but uh, now my listening is so so much better and yeah everything just goes like better than english even so it's 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 very good also there's room to learn a lot of new things such as for me technical things like i never set foot in a recording studio before but now i know how such a media board works and yeah how to what what is needed in all the technology and everything to to pull off uh, this show that we have every week so that's also really nice about it uh, the last thing is also that you get good insight in Chinese popular culture, of course, because you have to be present at all kinds of social media and you see all kinds of reactions of viewers, of audience. And yeah, you get to know your audience pretty well, which makes you feel more integrated in China, I'd say. So yeah, all in all, the, the good parts, they, they outweigh the bad part for sure. That's what I, that's what I think. Uh, your job sounds really interesting. And uh, I think it gives you a great overview of what's happening in China all the time. I think this makes you an overall China expert, I would, I would say. Even. For my last question, if you could start over completely, what would you do differently today when planning a life in China? And what is your personal advice for the next generation of flexpats? In this field specifically, I would totally study more technology and technical things like for example how to use uh, a camera how to use uh, an iphone how to set up an instagram account how chinese social media works how yeah all kinds of little technical tweaks so to say to make your presence uh, in the media more yeah more polished so to say you don't need other people to do that for you because that will uh, make you invaluable for uh, the, in the, on the job market. In any company, they would want such a person who knows how to do things. Like it's it's not enough anymore to have the skills on the spot. So like I have, for example, like presenting a program, um, knowing what to talk about. That is something you can learn also along the way, as well as the technical things, of course. But having that technical luggage already, so 
yeah, how does a microphone work? Um, how does a camera work? How, uh, what is Douyin? I don't know if any of the listeners know what that is, but it's a Chinese social media comparable to TikTok. All kinds of knowledge in that field. To have that already, that would have made, uh, made my um, job here in China a lot more easy. When planning a life in China, I would say be flexible. Don't assume things to go as you expect it to. Let it be from a job description or from something that someone tells you. Even though I'm telling you that something now. Uh, don't assume things because China changes very fast. Like I said, I'm living here for five years already. And man, China has changed I think like yeah 180 degree like it's 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 incredible how fast uh, everything is changing here uh, which requires a lot of adaptability so you have to adjust to change changing like circumstances and you have to adjust to change on a daily basis in your role in what is asked from you in what is fun for you to do as well so that said, it's also like, it comes from two ways. Like China is also very flexible and becoming more and more flexible. So in that sense, uh, it's, it's definitely like there are only good things uh, to come from coming to China. Fantastic. Judith, thank you so much. I think this was really interesting. And I hope that our listeners who are into media found some value in, in what you said today. And I will put the information and website of radio beijing in the show notes and also okay. i will uh, link your linkedin in in the show notes so people can get in touch with you and ask you more questions so thank you very much judith yeah thank you too it was a pleasure and yeah of course if anyone wants to learn something more or wants to talk uh, more about what i'm doing here then i'm always open to uh, contact bye-bye Thank you for listening to the China Flexbot podcast. Visit our website for more exclusive insights at www.chinaflexbot.com. Bye bye and 再见!